2: On the Tar Heel Sports Network, from Learfield, this is Holding Court with Courtney Banghart. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, official health insurance partner of Carolina Athletics. Here's your host, Matt Krause. And for the first time in two years, we say hello in person here on Holding Courts with Courtney Banghart, some of Carolina women's basketball's most loyal fans have gathered here at the Sheraton Chapel yeah, Hill. Yeah,
1: they sure have. Shout out.
2: And they are here to celebrate an 8-1 and basketball team that is ranked in the top 10 in the country. My name is Matt Krause, radio play-by-play voice of Carolina women's basketball. Joined by the head coach herself, Courtney Banghart. Coach, welcome. How excited are you to be back among the your groupies, your people here I mean, to talk real. about your team.
1: For real, my people. Even when we weren't, we weren't much to talk about on the on the floor. You guys have uh, been there, so uh, really awesome to see you all again. It's been a long, long time, and uh, my gratitude is endless for sure.
2: So we are here for this debut edition of Holding Courts. This will be the only show we do in person prior to the Christmas holiday. We'll get you the full schedule soon. Hopefully, we'll be here pretty much every week after the new year. If you ever cannot make it out to a show, great news. You can catch the show, every show, in fact, in its entirety, on the Tar Heel Voices podcast channel from Learfield, also, after the new year, you'll be able to hear the show on the flagship station of Carolina women's basketball, WCHL 97.9 FM, 1360 AM here in Chapel Hill on tape delay. So plenty of opportunities to hear from the head coach of the Tar Heels. Well, coach, here we are, you know, coming uh, into this show, nine games into the season. Most recent action for the Tar Heels yesterday, a 99-67 win against Wofford. <laughs> Before we go big picture, let's talk about yesterday's game. Sure. Sure. A win like that one, coming off of the UNCW game where even you said team didn't play their best. How important was a win like that one yesterday?
1: You know, it's when the ball goes in the basket, I become a really good offensive coach. So that was fun. <laughs> um, it was fun to see us move the ball and, and to play with a great pace. You know, I thought the ball moved east, west, north, south at a very high level, kind of throughout. Um, and I, the moment that really stands out is that you guys all remember we we were. At 99, we could have gotten to 100 uh, and one. Um, Our rookie could have gotten to double figures. I mean, all the things that could have happened. And she was so eager to try to give Ariel Young, who's been out for a year and a half with a knee injury, um, a basket. And when I was going through that in the locker room after the game, Ariel sort of interrupted and said, "But." P, just go finish the layup and I said that's that's what this is about right it's about both guys wanting it to be about the team and I thought that was on on full display um in in no better way and of course my my own children are very bummed we didn't get 100 but um I <laughs> I told them my job is not to get 100 it's to build a team and that was on full display I thought
2: sportsmanship trumps getting 100 in any circumstance so here you are nine games into the season what's kind of the pulse the identity of this team at this point in the year
1: I think honestly, we're still figuring that out a little bit. I think when um, we could be, we can be really good, as you guys saw yesterday. We can be really good when the ball moves. Um, we're we're much deeper than than we were at this point last year. Um, with the addition of uh, our bench being um, more game ready in a lot of ways, um, we've got good toughness and speed. Um, you know, and I think most re- I think I saw that like seventh in the country now. I mean, there's this is against good teams too. So you know, I think I like where we are. I just I can't help but look ahead and say we've got a really tough ACC schedule ahead. That we know. And, uh, you know, there's other good teams that are that are also sitting on this on their own radio show talking about their teams. So um, it'll be fun. We'll need you guys all loud and proud as we have to make Carmichael a home court advantage because we've got some really good teams coming through.
2: Yeah, Carolina is one of four ACC teams in the top eight in the country in the most recent AP poll. So there is a lot of talent in the ACC this season. You hear a lot around this time of year, and we're hearing it a lot with the Carolina men's team, every team is different, even if you have – a big core returning from a previous successful season. How is your team different mm. this year from the one that went to the Sweet 16 a year ago?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, we miss Carly Littlefield, the point guard, a lot. She's a pretty dogged defender. Um, she did all the little things that contributed to great possessions, although they weren't always the ones that were celebrated, right? And so we're still figuring out how the big play is the end point, but all the little possessions, or a lot of little things along the way create possessions. Um, we also, at uh, that in to- uh, that big junior class they were sophomores last year so they were just kind of followers and now they're figuring out how to lead you know in in their role Um, the emergence of Destiny Adams um, who I know people love um, that's been fun to watch her grow Uh, the emergence of of Tiani Key being healthy um, that's been really fun Um, and so you know we're we've got different pieces and we're still kind of filling the void on the floor of of Carly and off the floor of Jalen Murray.
2: What are the challenges and what are the opportunities as a head coach as you turn the page to a new year and you try and build that new identity and that new team for a given season?
1: Uh, you know, you meet it head on and, and speak in truth, right? So as much as they kind of last year, I, I started with kind of where we were at the end of the year. We were top five defensive team points per possession last year um, in all of country. And there's 360 or so Division One teams in the country. And so I, we talked about all the things that we were last year. Um, and then we talked about all the things that we are not yet this year. Right. Um, and you know, we asked them to talk about what are the things that they really valued about that team and, um, who can fill those voids. So we just, we really kind of talk through it. Um, and then, you know, film is, is everyone, I'm sure it's well-documented. I use film pretty religiously. And so, um, the film is, doesn't lie and it's, it's right there and it's always available. So that shows us where we are on a day-to-day basis.
2: Fans can always tweet me questions for coach. It's at Matt Krause, P-X-P, that's K-R-A-U-S-E. And one of the Twitter questions that we got this week comes from Dennis Goss, who's a loyal listener to our show. And he asks, if anything has surprised you about this team this year to this point in the season?
1: Ooh, Dennis, come on. That's putting me on the hot seat. Uh, Surprised. I would say, um, hmm. You know I, I'm glad of how competitive they are this early in the season you know it takes in I know a lot of y'all some of you were there and a lot of y'all saw on TV the uh, the Portland event um, you know, it, it's funny because our, our goal was never to fall 15 down both of those games.
0: That was, <laughs> that was
1: never in the identity of the game. Um, but when you look at your guys at halftime, you see an incredibly coachable group that's willing to make those adjustments. Um, and that's really early in the year when they're still trying to dig their teeth into what they're going to be. They had to really uh, let that aside and do what we needed them to do. So um, I, I, I appreciate that value of them. They're much like last year, they're committed to getting better every day. So hopefully you see an improved product week to week, month to month. Um, I think destiny's growth offensively has been really fun to see in live play right I mean you put the work in um, in small group but she's a much more confident offensive player than she was last year um, so lots of lots of surprises in the, in the good way
2: you mean to tell me that you didn't go into the locker room prior to the Iowa State <laughs> game and say, okay, let's go trail by 17. That, that's, that's the plan today?
1: No, you always remind me of all the bad things. So I get I, <laughs> You guys, we just won the PKIM I am running up. It was like up all these stairs to get to Matt. And after the game, the first thing he says is, ooh, we were down 17. That's the first thing he says. Mm-hmm. So you need to work on your, like, on your demeanor. I mean, you got to start with the, the positives. Um, so I, I wasn't tracking on exactly 17. I knew it was a lot, but 17 feels like a lot, a lot.
2: Well, I wanted to let you know that it matched the largest Power 5 comeback for Carolina in your tenure. So it was taking a negative and turning it into a positive. I didn't
1: listen to the end of it. I just listened to the beginning.
2: Ah, see, there you go. There you go. Well, we are off and running on the first in-person edition of Holding Court with Courtney Banghart in two years. And the presenting season sponsor of women's basketball and this program is Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, official health insurance partner of Carolina Athletics, believes an inclusive community, is a healthy community. We resolve to be a champion for women everywhere by supporting women's athletics to help empower our future leaders. More with Coach Banghart when we continue from Learfield. We're back on Holding Courts with the head coach of the Tar Heels, Courtney Banghart, talking about a Carolina team that sits 8-1 and one on the season. And Coach, early in the year, you and I talked a lot in the Continental Tire Coaches Corner about how much your team battled the injury bug mm. in the preseason. Lord. How did that challenge you and your team in the run-up to the year?
1: In so many ways. I mean, we we didn't get to practice much. Um, We had to actually cancel our South Carolina scrimmage or push it a year um, because we didn't have enough bodies to actually play. Um, And, you know, in in the month of September is really your busiest month because you're building your base. Kind of what's going to matter to you. You can't all of a sudden care about rebounding um, in December. Right. you got to build that foundation. And so we'd have we'd kind of pick if, if certain guys were restricted. We would say, all right, you're off Tuesday. This kid's off Wednesday. That kid's off Thursday so that they're off their days. They need to be off. So we never really had a full group, um, which was hard. But you saw the emergence of some of our bench who were healthy as a result. Um, but it shortened our playbook. It shortened our secondary defenses and things. Um, so we've had to use some games experience to do that and be disciplined there but yeah we were we were beat up in a a variety of ways and it wasn't connected so it wasn't like oh we're doing too much here or there it was they all had these really different injuries but we're We're getting there. Every week, we're a little healthier, we hope. So that's good.
2: Yeah, last two games, you've dressed 11 players. That's a season high as Ariel Young has made her way back. The one player who's been unable to dress is Kayla McPherson. Mm -hmm. And another question from Dennis. He asks, any update on Kayla's status from what you can tell us? She's
1: already faster than all of us in the room. So that's good. You know, she's running on the sidelines as as we're training. Um... You know, so that kid's a, she might be one of the best I've ever, she will be one of the best I've ever coached. She's incredibly dynamic, um, great lead guard, two-way player, for sure the fastest I've ever coached. Um, And, you know, I actually called her mom. We had a recruit on campus yesterday, and so I was coming back after the photo shoot to to the game, and I called her mom, and her mom's everything okay? (laughs) Uh, And I said, that's always awful, you know, and I said, everything's great. I just love your kid. Um, you know, she's just, she's just everything you'd want in a kid and a competitor. Um, and so in terms of her recovery, I'm afraid to ask because I'll be disappointed because it's not tomorrow. Right. Uh, when it actually is, I, I'm not sure. And then of course you come up, you come up against it. And if she plays this, whenever she plays this year, if she plays this year, I lose the year with her. Right. And so I'm kind of, would love to keep her for four, but, um, if she can be ready sooner rather than later, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. So I, I hate to say, I, I don't know because I haven't asked because I, it's not tomorrow.
2: hmm a name that you've already mentioned a couple of times, Destiny Adams. Yeah. Her growth from last season to this season is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Quite simply, what got into her in the off season? <laughs> How did she do this? I mean, right,
1: yeah. You know, everyone adjusts to college at a different pace. You know, she was a McDonald's All-American um, coming in and then um, was surrounded by very good players and I think kind of questioned Uh, how she fit, how she stacked into that. Um, And the game's faster, the game's stronger, the game has more elements to it. Uh, And all of it a little bit overwhelmed her, if I'm being honest. Um, And and I think that made her kind of doubt how good she could be. And, um, you know, it it just, it kind of shortened her a little bit. Um, And you had two choices. You can either dig deep or you can dig out right and uh, luckily she chose to dig in and uh, just kind of got back to who she is and also she grew offensively she's better with the ball and she's better better shooting and her footwork's better Um, so she put a lot of time in and then you get the intangible right like Destiny Adams is active right she is the intangible Um, and we kind of talked about do you want to be the intangible for your whole four years Dennis Rodman did it and made a lot of money so go for it or do you want to be someone who has the intangible as a bonus, like Alyssa, you know, but has other skills that can contribute to winning? And, and she chose option B, and she's, she's yeah, hit the hit the ground running hard.
2: A player who some would say she has a bigger role, you would say she has a different role this year, is Eva Hodgson, mm. your sixth player a year ago, now in the starting lineup every game. Yeah. You've told me a couple of times that your offense is better when she's mm-hmm. looking to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Why is that?
1: You know I think she sees herself as a a point guard and you know words matter right but what words also are insignificant if they're not used properly right so I keep telling her she's a lead guard she's not a point guard Um, and we have a lot of lead guards and so she started the year really wanting to distribute play Um, and what we need her to be able to do is be a a distributing guard a scoring guard all at the same time Um, and so it really changed at the PKI out in Oregon when I basically told her I don't know how else to say it so you can sit right next to me on the bench if you don't shoot. And I sit here every game, and I'm fine. So it's not the worst place <laughs> to be, you know, but that's where you're going to sit, and it'll be fine. Um, but if you, don't, if you don't, if the next time you touch it in the second half, if you do not shoot it, you are coming out and sitting next to me. Um, and all she's ever done since is shoot it every time she touches it. So...
2: Yeah, a couple, couple of games of five made threes for Eva. The Oregon game, yesterday's game against Wofford, 21 points against the Ducks, 20 against the Terriers. So safe to say, she she took your advice there, yeah, and, hope so. and we yeah. are we are sure glad she did. <laughs> um, another Twitter question: JB wants to know an update of the facility projects at Carmichael. Folks coming to the games may have seen some some part in our dust if you will around the venue and uh, JB just wants to know kind of what's going on with all the various construction yeah
1: yeah you know I know COVID's been disruptive it's been you know it's kind of put things on on hold in certain areas Um, I have been out of my office since July so you might see me in the stands or at your house or in your backyard unannounced Um, (laughs) but that's sometimes the best place for me to be Um, but the offices should be done by the end of January which will be great and all of our people will be back in one under one roof Um, which once I'm out of there the museum will have a chance to be upgraded which we think can happen pretty quickly um, it's time to celebrate the tradition of this program in a more modern way um, The new, there's a new scoreboard coming whenever I know
2: that's the loudest ovation we've heard all I, day
1: yeah I try to articulate how important that is to y'all and you all make me fight your battles you go fight your own tell them how much we need a scoreboard Um but uh, that's, that's, uh, apparently that has been ordered, and we're on a little bit of delay for COVID, but we're looking at um, next season for that. Um, locker room is almost done, which none of you guys are ever in, but it's a really beautiful space, um, and it's much more livable for our players. Um, it's where Michael Jordan's locker room was, so um, it needed some upgrading because he's going on about, what, 55 or so. So that'll be good. Um, And then the practice gym, um, which will help because, as you know, Carmichael feeds a lot of different programs, um, that is also on delay given COVID. So I would say we're in like the yellow. We're not in green. We're not in red. We're like in yellow.
2: All right. A couple of bonus episodes of Holding Court that will come out as podcast exclusives in the next couple of weeks. We will talk to your sport performance team and your video group. So I want to hit on each of those separately, (laughs) starting with sports performance. What do they do? Why are they important?
1: Well, I'm going to warn you first. What makes you good at sport performance and video doesn't always make you good on a radio show. So, (laughs) but ask them a lot of questions because they're full of knowledge.
2: Well, Um, I'll tell you, your video folks, they are excited to go on the radio yeah no and
1: you guys are going to love it they're going to give you tons of information Mm -hmm. um but i will say the sport performance team their job it doesn't matter who i recruit if they're sitting on my bench because they're not healthy we're not very good so your best players have to be healthy and so their job is to ensure that our best players are healthy so our athletic our athletic strength coach i mean sorry our athletic trainer when i got this job i went right to our athletic trainer at princeton and i said i'm just letting you know i'm coming so you got one year work that out You're going to come down with me at some point because I need you to keep our players their return to play and all that Uh, I need I need that to go well and then our strength coach he um, just he does all the load management so he monitors kind of how we're we need to feel best on game day Um, so the amount of data that those two do both in terms of their return to play and their day-to-day maintenance of our bodies um, is at the highest level in the country I can promise you that I mean we've given them thanks to some generous some generosity in the room we've given them the best resources so they should be using technology and all those things um so they're just amazing and their hours are actually outside of recruiting longer than ours right because they can't leave until long after everything's over and and they're here well before things start so uh, real gratitude to them and then the video people i mean as, as my former video person said, the key to Courtney's heart is to just be a video person, right? <laughs> and there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and so what happens is is when we're, up, uh, when we're practicing or playing, our video people are up, st- up in that second deck, and they are tagging. They'll have a hot key, so it'll be like C for Courtney or T for Tiani or, or E for Eva. And every action that they're in, they're touching those buttons. So at the end of the game, I can have all possessions of Eva right, are all possessions of ball screen defense or ball screen offense um, broken down. So the efficiency of that is really helpful as well as all the dynamic information that's available. Um, and so both in terms of our scouting and in terms of it using as a teaching tool and in terms of a developmental tool, um, it is a separator and we use it in recruiting and our kids get better, which is proven by the statistical uh, improvements of our players and their journey here.
2: So be on the lookout for those interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks on the Tar Heel Voices podcast channel. But for now, we've got the head coach in the hot seat, Coach Banghart with us here on her show, Holding Courts from Learfield. We are back here on Holding Court with Courtney Banghart alongside the head coach of the Tar Heels. My name is Matt Krause, and we want to let you know that our technology involved with this show, both the tablet that I've got here in front of me that's got the questions on it and the laptop that I'm using to record the show, are courtesy of our friends at Lenovo, a global technology leader that's called North Carolina home since 2005. Lenovo on board with us here at Tar Heel Sports Properties this year. So thanks to Lenovo for supplying the technology for our show here today and all season long. So, Coach, uh, back-to-back home games that you've recently completed, one more prior to Christmas against USC Upstate, but you played four in a row away from home, mm-hmm. going to James Madison, James Madison going on the long trip out to the Finland Invitational and then visiting Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. How did playing so many games away from home prepare you for the grind of ACC play?
1: You know, I said after the Indiana game, I said I thought the environment was a little big for us. You know, I thought the the kids couldn't hear each other or they weren't talking. That's debatable. Um, They couldn't hear me. Which wasn't debatable, um, and so we talked about how that's the environment at many of these ACC opponent, opponents now that so many of them are so highly ranked, um, and it needs to be the environment at Carmichael. I mean, we need all the help we can get to make our environment a home home court advantage, but, um, you know, it's there's a statistic out there that 70% of the time the home court team wins in basketball. That's why it's such an important um, element of our game and so going on the road against top level competition um, you just have to be that much sharper and that much more connected and so we saw our holes for sure um, and we saw honestly what we're good at I thought we actually played pretty well at in Indiana um, and so we saw that we're we're able to play in silence imagine if we start talking to each other we'll really be we'll really be good.
2: What was your favorite part of the experience at the Night Invitational in Portland?
1: Uh, probably I know I should say that DJ Khaled is that how you say his name? I'm yes. Not very cool. Yeah. Um, when he announced you know, he gave the special shoes to our kids that you're wearing. I'm wearing them. Um, but I would say it's so Phil Knight hosted an event the day before, um, in a restaurant for all the head coaches. And so it was men's and women's head coaches. So Hubert and I were there and, um, to have an opportunity to thank Phil Knight for what he's done. For sport, what he's done for um, women's sport, what he's done for basketball, right? And be able to thank an icon like that who um, really risked a lot to start Nike. And then now Nike ha- gets to choose what they support. And um, we passed by the Mia Hamm building and obviously the Serena William building. And, and it's, it's women. He's given women, women um, an avenue as well. And so to be able to thank him and him just to say, thank you for coming. It's like, no problem. No problem, mm-hmm. Phil. Glad to be there.
2: And after Portland, you headed on to Indiana, got to play in Assembly Hall. Mm-hmm. So you play your home games in the gym where the greatest player of all time played his college games, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. You played and won, I might add, eight miles up the street at another iconic venue. When you were at Princeton, you routinely played at the Palestra. Any other major arena on your bucket list?
1: Hmm. No, I should have an interesting answer, but I don't.
2: Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Another headline that we saw over the last couple of weeks in the UNCW game, you wore a T-shirt honoring the UNC field hockey team, national champions for the fourth time in the last five years and 10th time ever. That was planned because it was the first home game since they had won the national championship. Just so happened, Coach Karen Shelton announced her retirement on that day. And you did that a couple days after attending the national championship game for women's soccer, so why is it so important to foster this camaraderie among head coaches at Carolina?
1: Well, I think it's, it's, we come at it pretty honestly because we're in the trenches. This is a really exciting job. It's also a really hard job. And so it's fun to support uh, the highs uh, and be there kind of in isolation in the lows with each other. Um, but I was hoping I was going to change my shirt at halftime with soccer on the back. Um, and I had suggested to Karen when I first suggested it that I would wear, I'd love to wear a Shelton shirt. And she was adamant about no. And now I'm starting to understand why. Um, so perhaps she didn't want she was going to announce that and didn 't want me to be celebrating her, but um you know I think yeah, I think it's just recognizing that the you're, wear, you're you really are wearing our ca- players are wearing Carolina, and that sounds so cliche, but it's it's that I understand their journey right and how hard it is and how com- you know and how many sacrifices they make and so if I can just be one person who's there supporting them, it matters
2: what's the biggest lesson, whether it 's about this place leadership or anything else that you 've learned from another Carolina coach
1: mm Um, you know, I think I could take a couple different things. I think Mac has been really intentional about, as he says, he doesn't need the wins. He doesn't need the money, right? For him, it's about um, the joy and the young people. Right. And so I do think that he always tells me, remind him to have fun. So I do. I send him a lot of reminders to have fun, (laughs) especially the last few weeks. Um, but I I think that's a good reminder for a younger coach to just not forget about that's the point of it. Right. When you're really in it. Um, I would say I love Anson's, Anson's such an uh, authentic, I love how he, his language, (laughs) he doesn't always have to be perfect (laughs) because that's sort of like me. Um, and so I just appreciate Anson's authenticity all the time. And he's been a real cheerleader when we were less, exciting to watch you guys still supported us um, he just kept telling me how glad he was I was here and, and how much in his retirement he's just going to be sitting at women's basketball games and, and all that um, I think from Roy you just it, you realize that you're a part of something you know um, which you sometimes can forget too as you're siloing and, and competing um, so there isn't really just one of them it's kind of the, the collection of, of each of each individual collectively you, you hope you can be you hope you can emulate.
2: Are there any coaches in other sports at other schools? Those you had along the way in your own career that you really looked up to?
1: Oh, a lot. In graduate school, I did a graduate I did a thesis on um, sport leadership, where I interviewed some of the best coaches in the world across all sports. So, you know, the the softball Olympic coach, or Gino Ariyama, or Kay Yao, or Gail Guestenkors, she was at Duke at the time, or Anson Dorrance. You know, and, and figuring out why they were coaching, right? I didn't know it was going to be a vocation for me. Um, and it was, you, you know, you, you learn how many people, the, the best, I always say this, authenticity is our superpower, right? We don't have to be anybody else. Now, people can like you or not like you, but they're going to trust you if you're consistent. Um, and so I think I learned that by how many stories I heard from other leaders, and they're so different. You can't put, you know, Gino and Kay Yao and compare them. I mean, they're like as opposite as opposite could be. Um, and, but they both are wildly successful. So a, a lot of coaches across all sports. I read a lot, um, so it doesn't even have to be coaches. Um, I, well, we bring up Phil Knight, the book Shoe Dog. I mean, talk about grit and determination and never giving up on oneself. Um, so kind of a lot of people com- combined.
2: Let's imagine that Bubba Cunningham, the director of athletics at Carolina, came to you and said, you need to coach one other team among the Ooh. other 27 sports. For one day, lead oh. them into competition.
1: Is it nice out or rainy? What's the weather out?
2: Um, it's in a vacuum. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't think through this question that so the to good. that level. Yeah, yep. so you, you can uh, not worry about those factors. Mm-hmm. Which team are you choosing to lead to victory?
1: Well, I mean, I should choose field hockey because they win all the time, <laughs> but I don't know how to do that sport at all. I would say probably women's soccer because I already know where to park, right? It's mm, right yeah. where I park. Um, they win almost all the time, right? And you can wear, like now, I can wear athletic clothes with kind of a cool jacket and scarf, and it kind of fits. Um, So I would say women's soccer for a day.
2: And you were pretty good at soccer in your own right.
1: Well, you know, when you're from a small state, you're good at a lot of things.
2: Ah, there you go. It is Holding Court with Courtney Banghardt, and it's presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield North Carolina. Blue Cross and Blue Shield North Carolina, official health insurance partner of Carolina Athletics, believes an inclusive community is a healthy community. We resolve to be a champion for women everywhere by supporting women's athletics to help empower our future leaders. One last break, and then back to wrap the show up after this from Learfield. We are back on Holding Courts. It is Monday, December 12th, as we record this, and the Tar Heels have just two non-conference games left, two games left prior to the holiday break. So, Coach, what do you want to see the team improve upon over these two games against USC Upstate at mm-hmm. home and then Michigan and Charlotte?
1: Um, Gosh, I would say, really, defensively, we're not going to get longer. Uh, meaning taller, so we're going to have to be uh, as active as we were last night. Um, so activity is going to be really important on the defensive end, figuring out our coverages um, now that we have a very good sense of who we are, the best what puts them in the best situation to win in terms of ball screen coverage and, and interior play and all that. So we'll use the next two games to kind of sort that out. Um, and then offensively, how to play really fast, which we can do, and then how also to prioritize that really important balance of control and freedom. Right? I thought against um, Iowa State we gave them a lot of uh, freedom in the first half and then I had to really control them in the second half and sometimes that's inverted based on kind of who we're playing or how we're playing so um, really feeling like our team inside the lines understands that balance between control and freedom on offense.
2: As we said just two games between right now and December the 29th when you start ACC play you've got the holiday break in there where the players are free couple to go days. home for a couple of days but that means a lot of practice time how do you want to utilize that practice time?
1: It actually doesn't i mean we practice a few days this week and then we leave and then we come back on the 26th and we practice 26 27 28 so not a ton and our practice guys um a lot of them will be on away as well so um we'll kind of go back to what we did in the beginning when we had random number of humans i think (laughs) actually um but uh a great opportunity of course for the jordan jordan brand classic against michigan who's um somewhere around 15th in the country really good inside game some fifth-year COVID kids on that team, um, and just a great opportunity. So we've got a home game um, to sort of continue to work on the things I addressed, and then you literally just lace them up, and now it's us in Michigan, um, a neutral site, and um, let's go.
2: And we will preview that game on a uh, taped edition of Holding Courts from charlotte next week but coach it'll be carolina and usc upstate on friday night it'll be ugly sweater night so if you are among the first 500 (laughs) fans you get an ugly sweater t-shirt the one from last year karen's wearing it right here folks that's
1: not even that ugly let's do let's do it up
2: yeah so uh if you have an ugly sweater feel free to wear that uh but here we are the first in-person edition of holding court is in the books for those of you here We'll get a chance to answer some of your questions once we turn the recorder off. So for everybody else listening out there, that's an incentive to come join us at the Sheraton Chapel Hill for our (laughs) next in-person show on Monday, January the 2nd. Coach, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it.
1: Uh, Matt, you're good at what you do. Thanks for having me along.
2: So this has been Holding Courts on the Tar Heel Sports Network from Learfield. Holding Court with Courtney Banghart has been presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, official health insurance partner of Carolina Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Tar Heels Sports Network.
1: Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her.